Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson, tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune in to the Turn On The Jets podcast. Everybody. Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPod11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined uh, Michael Meag and Joe Bellick, the half of uh, half of the, the legendary draft season's on to talk a little uh, recap of the 2023 NFL draft. The Jets wrapped up their class yesterday, uh, I believe adding six or seven players. Everyone's freaking out about a seventh-round tight end because of his RAS score. People are upset about Will McDonald still. Everyone's upset about a lot of different things. Some people are excited. Some aren't. We're going to break it all down. Meigs, I'll start with you. Initial impressions on the class and kind of where your head's at, and then we'll dive a little deeper into some of these different picks. Uh, Yeah, the draft was not that great, in my opinion. It's probably seen it like a C-minus, like a C. Like They made some picks that are going to help them. They day three, they basically just went on um Kent Lee Platt's mathbomb.com. I was like, all right, who's got like a nine RAS? Let's see if maybe one of these guys can hit. And that's like not a bad process. Like I, I made the joke that like it looks like Rex Hogan was in charge of day three, and then he remembered he worked for Chris Ballard, and he was like, Man, maybe I'll basically try to see what the Colts do and see if it works for the Jets. But you know, they finally addressed center, which people should be happy about because after you know, growing up with Kevin Mawai and Nick Mangold, it's been a very, very dark time of watching Spencer Long, Jonathan Harrison, Connor McGovern, Dan Feeney. So I'm um, happy they addressed that. Will McDonald's a super fun player. And, you know, it's just kind of, it was fine. The Jets quarterback's Aaron Rodgers. I'm not really crying about drafts anymore. Joe, how how are we feeling? I feel like you're slightly more optimistic than Meigs is. Uh, just a bit more optimistic than that C minus grade. Meigs, you're hysterical. I love it. Um, I settled at around a B for the draft. You know, when I was looking at the Will McDonald pick at first, I didn't love it. But like most Jets fans, the more time we had to think about it, it kind of started to come around with how they could use him and specifically how Sal is going to use him in this particular defense. I think if people are familiar with his defense from before. He was really into a lot of these five-man fronts, something called a 4-3 under. So I can see him doing a little bit more of that when they have this kind of just huge array of pass rushers, um, especially with McDonald's ability to even drop back in coverage. I know some people looked at him as an outside linebacker. So I think from that perspective, you're going to see more five-man fronts. I think you're going to see a lot more simulated pressures. I think you're going to see a defense that has a lot more wrinkles in it because of this particular pick. And when you're going through a murderer's row of quarterbacks on your way, hopefully to a Super Bowl, 
this is the kind of player that can take you to the next level. So I did start to come around a little like, like most of us Jets fans were kind of like, what the F? And then we were like, you know what? I see what they're doing. And obviously they missed out on the tackle. So it was a pretty good pivot. But like I said, they couldn't find a trade down partner. So they kind of had no choice but to take the best player available on the board. And it's somebody, like I said, who I think will contribute, not maybe how fans would want. You know, I don't think he's playing the majority of the snaps, but when he's in the game, he's going to be a ferocious quarterback assassin. And I think we'll, we will grow to love him. So I think they address some other needs. I think we'll talk about those specific prospects, you know, in a little bit. But overall, um, I think it was a, it was a solid draft. You know, I think they left some good names in the later in, in the late rounds and like round six. I talked about it yesterday in my recap. But when it comes down to it, not bad. Not a C minus for me. Definitely a little bit more optimistic. Yeah, I kind of settled around a B. I thought the process, generally speaking, I liked. Whether you liked who they took at that at those spots they took they went trenches the first three picks something that i think we all would be in favor of whether you like the players they took at that spot obviously can be debated but the process of going trenches they added a running back that i think is going to contribute heavily i think he'll end up being the running back too by week six or seven um i just think that that explosive speed is something that from izzy that's something that we're gonna all be like wow that was that pick made a lot of sense i liked overall the process on day three of as you mentioned just Let's bet on these high upside. Most of these guys probably will not either be on the roster in three years, but the guys that are could contribute. You've seen the Jets hit on these high RAS score guys before. Michael Carter, the second, is the guy that kind of comes to mind as a little bit traitsy, um, you know, somebody that's super fast and like the Jets were able to get kind of the best out of him, quote unquote, last year. And he's he's turned into a really good nickel for them. I didn't love the two, like, the trade back at 170 bothered me. Um, I know it's something that seems stupid and it's, you know, it's a sixth, fifth, sixth round pick. They, to trade back from 170 when there were some names on the board, I thought I really liked in order to get a sixth and a seventh rounder. They used one of those picks and a guy that was projected as UDFA. I, I just didn't love the process there. And it felt very much like at 15, they wanted to trade back once Roger Jones wasn't there. I don't consider them missing on Jones a huge miss. I think it is a little bit of a miss just because they made it so known they were going to take a tackle. And like the fact that you made it known that you wanted to do that. And then you don't take, you know, a tackle until the fourth round to me is like, did you, do you really trust the room you have right now? It kind of seems they don't. All that being said, I like, again, there's some upside. The Zach Coons pick was something that I'm sure fans are going to be, be obsessed with rightfully. So I guess he's a guy that if he for somehow ever hits, you know, we'll look back and be like, wow, that this guy's the most athletic tight end in, in NFL history based on based on testing. Again, I like the Izzy pick. Tittman was something that they needed to address it. Whether, you know, Rugler and Daniel Jeremiah had him center as their center one or then like top two off, you know, interior guy. Some people, um, you know, Connor, Meeks, Joe, you I, I believe had JMS, you know, higher. Like it's all a matter of how the, how the Jets read the board. So Let's I say let's get into we'll start with the positive and then we can get into some of the more negative. Was there a pick that for you guys that said you really were like your favorite pick based on value? You just love the player, it addressed the need. Like who was one pick for you guys that stood out the most? Um, and if we've already mentioned, you know, it's fun. Joe, I'll start with you. I think for me, you know, prior to the draft, I was texting with our guy James Koontz, uh, one of the four horsemen of draft season. And he asked me who are my favorite day three targets. And I sent him about ten, a list of 10 that I actually ended up tweeting out. One of them was Carter Warren. And next to that, his name in the text, I put sneaky good pick. And that's the exact player they ended up taking. I think Carter Warren is 
definitely worth a fourth round pick. He is maybe one of the most technically sound tackles in the entire draft. The film really stands out. Great hand placement, great timing, great footwork. And listen, he missed last year with the injury the majority of the season. So I think he kind of fell out of favor with some teams. He's a little bit older. But from a technical standpoint, again, this guy's fantastic. Now, why isn't he kind of in the same tier as these other guys? Well, from an athletic standpoint, he doesn't have the same ceiling as these other players like Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson. You could see them being an all pro. You could see them being a pro bowler. I don't think Carter Warren will any, be anything more than like a swing or a really solid offensive starting tackle. An average to slightly above average guy who does his job that you don't really hear a lot about, which is a good thing, which means he's doing his job. And for that, I think that the Jets really hit a home run with that pick. I think some people thought it was a reach. I didn't think it was a reach at all. I thought he could potentially even go earlier. So that was definitely one of the players that I was super high on them picking. It made me look, I guess, pretty good because I tweeted it out before they actually made the selection. So I, I love that. I was too. just going to say, me and you, I, I wrote, I was texting my brother who scouts for the 33rd team. And I was like, you know, who are some guys you love on day three? And he's like, you know, we kind of all, I think all three of us agreed. Like a Tyler Scott, for example, out of Cincinnati. Um, obviously, we liked Antonio Johnson out of AM. There's a couple of guys there that I was like, oh, these guys could be good fits here. And we both said Carter Warren. And I was like, interesting. And then Joe and then Joe was like, I'm really interested to see if they go with him. If they got him in around four or five, I felt like he was good value. I think he has a much higher ceiling than Max Mitchell, personally. Um, I think he's more sound. I think he has a better anchor, a better base. I think he's just a strong, more physically dominant player. I think Max Mitchell's got is good technique-wise. He's a tough kid. Um, I think either way, if you can have one of those two guys be a four to five year starter at some point, even if they're your worst lineman, right? If they're the worst of the five, but they're a league average, a right tackle, for example, down the line, either one of those picks is worth it. And you know, we saw Max Mitchell at least play at replacement level uh, last year as a rookie. If Carter Warren. I know everyone was like, oh, now they take a tackle. They needed to take a tackle on day three. Um, you could argue they needed to take one on day two or day one. Last year, everyone, you know, I don't remember who, who wrote it in, in our Slack, but said, oh, you know, he's not going to contribute. We don't know that. Um, he might have to play. Max Mitchell wasn't supposed to play last year and started week one, right? <laughs> like, and would have start, continued to start if he hadn't gotten hurt. I mean, he hadn't had the blood clots. So I'm very glad they, that that pick, um, that was one of those ones to me. I'll just go. I'll go with the Izzy pick. Um, I'm not going to botch his last name because if he comes on the pod, I don't want to. I don't want to screw myself on that one. But again, I mentioned earlier. I think he's a guy who ended up being the Jets, you know, RB two. Um, you know, during a playoff run, he's a four sub four three guy, um, explosive back. He's only 20 years old. He's a guy that kind of can partner well with. I feel like a Bam Knight and Brees Hall. Brees Hall is obviously explosive and can run between the tackles, right? That's why he was a second. That's why he was a top 40 pick. We saw it last year, but Brees is a guy that like can hit the home run, but you can feel comfortable giving 250 to 350 carries to if you needed to, right? Obviously this year, it's going to be a little different. I feel like from an Izzy perspective, he touches the ball, you know, 75 to a hundred times next year. He's probably scoring five or six touchdowns. You get him in kind of some of that third down stuff. Again, I'd, Part of the reason I wanted you know them to sign Zeke was third down pass pro, um, you know, and short yardage. I still feel like short yardage is a bit of an issue with this team until we know Brees is 100% healthy. But they have an explosive – they have a bunch of explosive guys now in that running back room, right? Brees Hall, home run hitter. Izzy's going to be a home run hitter. I also like the fact that, like, they – you know, both the pit, both pit kids – pit guys trans, translate really well to the NFL. They're a school that you never think is going to win a national title – Look at some of the best players of all time. They all come out of pit and it feels like they always, you know, a solid NFL player. So I guess 
I, I like the two pick guys. I thought that was the that was their best little stretch of the draft there. Whereas Titman, Warren, and Izzy back to back to back. I was like, those are the three picks I probably like the most based on value. Kind of felt right uh, for where they're at. Meeks, how about you? Um, my favorite pick is probably like Izzy. I think I'm pretty sure it's a band of can- and, uh, or at least that's how I'm going to say it until I'm no, told I think, otherwise. I think you're right. I just, <laughs> I don't yeah, want to say, I, th- I was th- just I thinking think Adesanya. Said, you know, but, yeah, but no, he's, I definitely think this staff has like soured on Carter and I don't know how much of a role he's going to have. I don't even think he averaged like three and a half yards of carry last year. Like it was a really disappointing year from his rookie year. And they basically got another guy who can be like, you know, that home run like threat, someone who can be, you know, be a guy who hunts for explosive plays, which is going to be a big part of this offense. Like Aaron Rodgers, maybe the quarterback, this team's going to run the ball a lot. Like that's what they did the last couple of years in Green Bay. That's how Aaron Rodgers won his last two MVPs. Like you're going to see an offense, an offense is technically going to be run first, but they're going to have to be successful running if you want to see the best version of this offense. And I'm happy they got another back for when, you know, like, I don't, I don't know if this is going to happen, but if Bree starts the year on pup, I'm not going to be surprised. I don't think anyone should be surprised. And it's nice that they have some insurance for that. I'd say the pick that intrigued me the most, because I think this is what they were trying to do with Pinnock. It was the Jared, the Jarek Bernard Converse pick of like taking a cornerback who was really athletic, but really struggled at times at corner and trying to make him into a safety. And that's basically what Pinnock was at Pitt was like that player who was athletic but kind of just didn't have the skills to survive and man as a corner. And they actually seemed like they are making some progress with him at safety. And then due to ro- roster construction, he was poached by the Giants, which I think he's actually started to play well for the Giants. So that was actually yeah, a good move by Joe Shane. So I think that's what their vision is to try to do that again. And we see that the staff can do it once. So I do think like they should get better for that, be able to do it again. So I say that's the day three pick that intrigued me the most because this team needs bodies at safety. Like that's no doubt about it. Chuck Clark's only one year left. Whitehead's only one year left. Like I think the, like the only person under contract in 2024 is Tony Adams and no offense to Tony. Like, I don't know how much to expect from him. Yeah, look, I, I think there's one point you made there that I, I was intrigued by as well. The Converse pick was cool because super experienced, right? Played probably more football than anybody else the Jets drafted on, I think, throughout the entire draft, other than maybe Carter Warren. I think every he like they played like that with whatever. It was like, like thousands of snaps worth of reps at LSU, which traditionally produces again. The Jets went to schools, at least generally speaking. When you go to places like Pitt, LSU, those guys usually translate quite well. And early on, they usually are able to play. Um, they kind of familiarize themselves. I feel like with the NFL quite quickly, those guys are not usually de- as developmental. And if he comes in and can him and Tony Adams, who are both, you know, guys that really good athletes, but figured, you know, they can probably contribute more at safety. Again, if the jets can hit on one of those two guys, similar to kind of how I mentioned with Mitchell um, and Warren, if one of those two guys can contribute and start for a period of time, you feel great, right? You feel pretty good about that's these really good rosters. Look at the Chiefs last year. I think I believe Peter Schrager mentioned it uh yesterday on the on the NFL network coverage. The Chiefs had four or five guys last year contributing like heavily that were day three picks a year ago. And I know everyone hates day three that like doesn't really, you know, doesn't watch enough prospects you hate day three because they're like, uh, these guys will never contribute. They do contribute. The Chiefs won a Super Bowl last year because they're able to have a starting running back and build half their defense with day three picks that contributed right away and helped them beat, you know, so as much as they feel like throwaways um, at times, I don't really look at it like that because the best rosters in the NFL have 
15, 20 guys, you take over a four or five year stretch that are UDFAs rounds four through seven that contribute. Um, I don't want to be negative here, but I guess we we have to be a little bit, if you know, who was, was there any picks that you guys were like either what the fuck, or you were like just scratching your head at maybe the value and where they took them. Joe, I'll start with you. Um, I just want to first touch on what you guys talked about with uh, Bernard Converse. Cause I did mention that yesterday on the recap, how, I feel like the Jets might transition him to safety, just like similarly to what they did with Pinnock. I think that was a great point, Meeks. I think that's exactly the plan. And he did spend most of his time as a wide corner, but he has experience in the other positions as well, specifically free safety. So I think it could work out. And like you said, he's a little bit more experienced and maybe that experience can lend itself to be actually a positive thing this time, as opposed to being like, oh my God, why are they drafting these older guys? Because maybe he could come in and contribute right away. Um, just going back to Izzy, man. I really, you know, love this pick. I'm glad that we're talking about it. I'm glad that we're kind of like all on the same page with him because I first started noticing him when I started watching film last year about Carter Warren. And he was one of the guys I actually put on my list as day three favorite targets that I tweeted out. He is like, I don't know if he's going to be somebody who's going to come in and take over a lead role, but I think he's the kind of player who can take over a lead role when a starter is potentially injured. And we are kind of in that situation right now. Plus, this guy has like some serious like upside in the zone scheme. I mean, his vision, the way he pressed the line of scrimmage, the way he can find the cutback, cram it or bounce it out. He really knows what he's doing. Now, there is some stuff there to be desired as far as his blocking and his receiving. But fantastic player. Broke Tony Dorsett's record. Ran for over 300 yards against Virginia Tech last year. I don't know if people know that about him. Had six touchdowns. I mean, so there is definitely serious upside with what he could do and the kind of game breaker he can become in this particular offense, which loves somebody with explosive plays. The one so thing I want to mention to really quick, Joe, because I wanted, I know we forgot to mention this. Sure. There was the rumor that kind of came out that the Jets would have taken Jameer Gibbs at 15. Um, I don't know that I, I'm not sure I buy it, I, but I, you know, people that reported it are not, you know, they, they're very good at their job. Dane Brugler wouldn't have said that. Um, he's literally one of the two or three best people in the business at it. That to me, and you made this point, so I'm not going to take credit for it. I think you mentioned maybe Brees is a little bit further behind, or maybe not that he's he's not even behind because I don't want to make it negative, but maybe he's kind of on the timeline we really all should expect, which is maybe he's back week four as opposed to week one, or he's not going to be fully there. So if the Jets, you know, obviously they took a running back, but if they even had it as if that's even remotely true, um, it's even more crucial that they took a guy like you know, a guy that can contribute and not just a throwaway in round six or seven. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. I mean, I, he kind of reminded me a little bit of Bilal Powell. Now I think he'll have a better career, but I think he will be kind of beloved by the fan base like Bilal was. And as far as like his role, I think he can have a Jamal Williams kind of role, like kind of like who Jamal was to Aaron Jones. Now, can he be that year one stepping on the field? I think, you know, with the players he has around with Aaron Rodgers and a lot of the veterans, I think he can be that guy. I think that they're going to get the run game going. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a big reason why the run game is going to go in because people are going to have to respect the passing game. Now, last year, people didn't respect the passing game, but they with Brees Hall, they were still running the heck out of the ball when he was there. So imagine now you have a quarterback that defenses have to be aware of, and you're, you're rocking that play-action pass, and you got have a guy here who could work off these blockers, who knows how to press, who knows how to set up blocks. I think it could be – I think it was a really good move. And like as far as them being rumored – yeah, I know I mentioned it in the in the Slack chat. I'm like, I, it doesn't make me feel good about where Brees is at. And maybe they're just being cautious and maybe because they, they want Brees to be here for the long term and they don't want to rush him back regardless of like what the they want the year to become. But if they need him to stay out till week four or even till even week eight when they're in the middle of the season and they're 
you know, six and two, I'd be fine with that as well. Bring him in there. Let's just start running the ball down people's throat. Let's play a little Billy ball. Let's make sure he is exactly where he needs to be. So he could be here, you know, when we're going into the playoffs and a couple of years down the road as well. Yeah, look, I think I'll go with the pick that was, I want to pref like, again, it's a six round pick. And I hope Zaire Barnes ends up being a really nice player. Cause I actually think like athletically he tests well, he's a small school kid. Sometimes we see this happen a lot. The Frankie Lubus of the world that like undersized guy, you, you just need to find a role for them. And they actually end up being really nice players. Cause like the guys that, just play harder than everybody else and play faster. Usually you can take those mistakes. Even look at Quincy Williams. Like I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying he has to be one of those guys, but Quincy Williams was like, this guy's super athletic and he plays like a heat seeking missile. We just got to find how to like control that and put him in the right direction. And we still, you know, or the jets are still working on that, how to make Quincy into like continue to grow from a, from a football IQ perspective. Um, the reason I'm going to, I'm mentioning this is because I thought, as we mentioned, there was guys on the board, whether that's receiver, safety, defensive tackle, another offensive lineman, um, that I just felt like they traded back from 170 to pick up an extra seventh-round pick. And I just feel like to use that pick on Zayer Barnes, who they probably could have signed, they could have taken it 220 or just signed as a priority guy, just felt like unnecessary. Um, I hope he has an awesome career. I hope he makes the team, the practice squad, whatever – it would be a really cool story. I think he'd be a fan favorite if that happens. And this is not bashing him because it's really cool that he was able to get himself drafted based off of a workout and late in the process and East West Shrine game, all that stuff. That's really, it is really cool. I just felt like that was just the pick that I'm like, we, we, they don't, I just don't, I think the roster is really good. I don't think the roster is good enough to just take like weird shots at line, <laughs> linebackers from small schools on day three that are not going to get drafted. Um, yeah. I don't know I if mean, you guys I agree. Yeah, I talked about it last night on the recap. It reminded me of when the Jets traded down at a fourth round pick and for Trevon Wesco with the Saints, and they had, ended up picking Quincy Garner Johnson, the, the exact player that I wanted. The same thing happened today, uh, yesterday, with uh, Christopher Smith was on the board, who I thought was a fantastic player. It also reminded me of when they made a trade with the Raiders back in the day, when I wanted a player called Gabe Jackson, who ended up being a stud on the interior, moved down and got Dexter McDougal. And I really had some bad deja vu when that happened. Now, listen, Christopher Smith can end up stinking. I mean, let's be real. But at the same time, he's somebody that we really like. Christopher Smith's Christopher Smith's good, Joe. Stick to your guns. Yeah, Stick to yeah your guns. of course. I I like him. I think he's going to be great. That's why I was like, you know, what are they doing here? Because Zaire Barnes, like you said, was probably supposed to be an undrafted free agent. And like, I don't have a lot of confidence that this kind of front office knows how to find linebackers late. I know I've mentioned several times that. You know, Salah has been a part of a front office that has found linebackers late, like Green uh, Warner and, and Greenlawn, um, who is an underrated linebacker in the league. But they haven't done it with so far with Sherwood and Nasrul Dean. So I, I wasn't really thrilled with that particular play, especially Butte was on the board. This guy Hutchinson, who I like, was on the board. And I mentioned last night, Luke Whipler was on the board. Now, I never, you know, bought into the hype, as I mentioned yesterday, that he was a second round pick, but he was definitely worthy of a third or fourth round selection. I say you almost why, take a and, shot, you double up, take a yeah, shot. Why, exactly. Know. Why not? He could be your center of the future. You can move Tippin over to left guard. And now you have the interior of your offense set for the foreseeable future. And now I love, I really like Joe Douglas. I'm known as a pro JD guy in, in the chat room, right? But when I, I, one of the reasons why I loved him so much is because I, he came from Philadelphia, who has this kind of philosophy of building the offensive trenches. And he's definitely attempted to do that, but he's not really doing it quite like they are. 
like they take like uh, chances late. You know, they they draft multiple linemen. When somebody goes down, there's always that next man to stand up. Uh, stand up. You know, they got Cam Jurgens, they got Landon Dirk, uh, Dickerson, they got Siam Siamalu, who ended up being a starter for them. They found Jordan Mailata. They drafted like, someone yesterday who's going to end up starting for them too. Definitely, Steen, right from uh, yeah. Alabama, correct? Yeah, yeah. This is what they do. So I, I feel like Joe Douglas has the like the blueprint, but he's not exactly following it following it the way I would like. I would have liked him to. And as a result, there is some shakiness on the offensive line. Now, I think the offensive line is going to be fine because you have a quarterback who could help mitigate deficiencies up front. And before we had a quarterback who was just bad. So it made it look a little bit worse. At the same time, I do think that he probably should have taken another chance on a guy who could be a starter as opposed to, to you know, Zaire Barnes who, come on, he's probably just going to be a special teams guy if we're going to keep it real. You know, this other guy could be a starter. And like we said, Somebody gets hurt. ABT might have to play right tackle. ABT might be your right tackle of the future. So why not take a guy who's a center who could be your center now? Yeah, okay, we drafted a center. He could play guard. You know, just like keep that O-line strong. Make sure you have the next guy up as opposed to saying, oh, we need linebackers. Oh, let's just draft one here because we like him. I, I, I didn't love that. Yeah, I just, and I feel like Quan's got a guy that's going to end up coming back anyways. And it's it just feels like, I don't know, because remember this roster, part of the draft is if Rodgers is here for two years, obviously I hope they win both Super Bowl, it's BMA, whatever. But the roster is going to be really good, I think, for whoever the quarterback is in 2025 and continuing to build that. And obviously having less turnovers here, offensive line is not, you don't have to pay 1,800 guys, right? And that's like you can invest in, you know, the next big receiver comes on the market in two years. And, but I don't know, I'm just saying like, you always want to keep investing. So that way you can make that the AJ Brown move or the, um, you know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson move the Eagles did last year, these team, you know, that's what I always want to do. Meeks, how about you? I feel like the one McDonald pick for you was a pick that you just still kind of scratching your head about a little bit. I mean, he's not the edge I would have taken. I don't really fault them for going edge at that position. Um, I do think Will McDonald is a player who's very fun like just to watch what he does and the kind of skill set he has. But it's more like, you know, it's like he's an older player. He's still got some projection baked into his game. And rushers, I do think, find their, like, final form, like their peak of their powers around, like, 26. I do think Edge is a player that has a lot of development baked in. I don't think you really see the best version of Edge rushers, like, you know, before 25 most of the time. So I do, it's a player, it's a position that I do think if you're going to take an older player, it's one of the ones where you're more okay with it, as opposed to like a, an old receiver or an old running back or like a, like those kind of skill players. I think it's more just, I don't, it's, there wasn't like a pick that I despise. I just hated not taking a defensive tackle because they have a massive hole at defensive tackle. Like they lost Sheldon Rankins, who was a big deal. He was a very good player. They signed Quinn Jefferson, who's like a good like interior rusher, can give you some good stats, but run def- run defense isn't what you know he makes his money on. If Solomon Thomas is playing major like big snaps for this team, they're in trouble. He's not a good football player. They're gonna get run on. They're gonna get abused. And we've seen two years of Salah's defense. I think he did a great job flipping the defense in one year, but we saw how bad the run defense was in 2021. And I do think they need more bodies in that room. And I wish they took one today because I thought there was defensive tackles, not just like taking Ken Ben over Joel Tipman. I understand going for center there. That's not something that I'm, but it's more just like on day three, not even trying to find a buy, just, just someone who eats space. 
you know, like, you know, a nose tackle in that regard who just is going to help with that run defense, can be a rotation guy on the defensive line. So that's the thing that probably bothered me the most about their draft. So I want to ask, I want to quickly talk about Tittman because I really like the pick. I actually feel like I liked him more. I was surprised. I feel like I liked him more than I actually most people. Um, I, I think he does a lot of things that are kind of not, I don't want to say unique. Um, I understand the shoulder surgery thing, but I also think like, oh, lineman, unfortunately, like I'd much rather him have two bad shoulders or have a bad shoulder from the past as a center than be a guy that's had multiple ACLs, multiple knees. I think that's, that scares me more back stuff, like lower body stuff with offensive linemen usually sticks, you know, it gave ET coming off the tricep doesn't scare me, um, you know, at all. I, I just, Dwayne Brown coming off his shoulder, if he was 34, not 39, like I would feel, I would feel zero, like concern there Tittman his ability to like pull and his ability to just his him in pass protection him and him in the run game coming from Wisconsin like playing Northeast football I just there's just a lot of things to like I think he's a uniquely sized center which is something I'm interested to see how it translates to the NFL I just you don't see a lot of six six three and fifteen pound centers it's usually you know that's tackle size um or maybe you know a primary guard um I just think he's going to fit in well, and I, I will be actually pretty surprised if he's not starting week one. Um, the Jets already saying it's an open competition, what they're paying McGovern, the fact they used the top 45 pick on him. I don't know. I, I just, I'd be really surprised if he's not starting in some capacity. And I think it's a good thing. I think you hear, you know, I understand the John Michael Schmitz thing. I think maybe if the Jets traded back, they probably could have still taken Tittman, uh, maybe 10, 15 picks later, based on the way the board shook out. I think maybe Meeks, that's probably. I think we talked about a little bit of where, you know, you're, you liked him and you were just like, oh, maybe they could have taken him just, you know, a little bit later, maybe recouped a, you know, another asset. Um, but of all the picks, I feel like he's the guy that I think is going to contribute the most in 2023. And I think it's important that they have a center come in and be the center for the next, at least five years. I don't want to say the 10 years thing. Cause I feel like in today's NFL, it's just, you have no idea if a guy's going to be, <laughs> a guy's going to be here, how they hell hold up. But um, if he can be there as center, at least through his rookie contract, I think you you feel pretty good about it. Meeks, am I am I wrong or you know Joe and and liking Tippman? I guess almost more than than most people. No, I I think Tippman's fantastic, and it's also it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when somebody gets hurt. Because what was the last time? Like honestly, can you guys remember that the same guys that started the season, same five guys that started the season, actually finished the season? I can't remember. It's oh, not, the, oh, the Jets, or you talking about the Jets or in general? Yeah, the Jets. Oh nine. I think. Oh yeah, no, it's been maybe 2015. It's it's been almost 10 years. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, that's, yeah. Even if it's so, 2015, yeah. it's been almost 10 years. That's not even exactly. Yeah. So that's, even that's, if that's the only one that even comes to mind. Yeah. So even if he doesn't start, um, he's gonna play. Like, there's no question about it. And I think it was oh, a really yeah. great move because now you have ABT. You can move him over to one of the tackle spots if one of the tackles gets gets hurt, and you still have an interior, right? You got Tipman, you got Tomlinson, you got McGovern. And I think it really sets the Jets up to be consistent up front, which is something they desperately need, especially when you've got a 39-year-old quarterback. Like I said, you know, Rodgers is going to make the offensive line look better, but you still don't want him to get hit. You know, the less times he gets hit, the better. I mean, that's you want to keep this guy upright. You want to keep him healthy, especially with uh, the way that conditional pick was structured. You know, we don't want to be uh, 67% of the snaps in, and all of a sudden, you know, we didn't draft an interior offensive lineman or one of the uh, – uh, the McGovern got hurt, and now we have who knows playing center. You know what I mean? So uh, I think it was a great move. I think it's it's going to set the Jets up for the future and for the short term right now. 
um, to play good football and to have consistency up front for sure. Meese, how about you? I mean, Timmons' athleticism is definitely the reason you draft him. I do think having an athletic center is like important. I do think if you watch the Super Bowl and you see two run games that were really structured around the athleticism of their center, how they're weaponized in the run game, and for a team that wants to run the ball, that's kind of an arrow you want to have in your quiver in a way. So I think that's the biggest selling point for Tittman is how athletic he is, how big he is, and what he can be as a focal point of a run game. And I think that's what you're basically selling yourself on. And like I said, the Jets haven't had that at center, and it's a nice piece that I think is important to have in a run-first West Coast offense. Or sorry, wide zone offense. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I wanted to ask two big picture questions before we wrap here. One, the Mekhi Becton situation, Dwayne Brown, Max Mitchell, now Carter Warren, um, and Big said, I guess. They have, those are the five tackles, obviously, with the flexibility of ABT. My question, I guess, is Are you, is that still your number one concern on the roster, or are you more concerned, as Meeks mentioned, maybe? a defensive tackle situation um, or you're more concerned to like where is that still the number one concern leaving the draft where unfortunately it kind of felt like it was the number one concern going into the draft was O-line. I know they added two O-linemen. Is that still your number one concern? I guess I should say. I'm still concerned about the offensive line, just kind of not really for this year, but for next year, I think missing out on Broderick Jones and now you don't have a first round pick next year. Dwayne Brown is old. Mekhi Becton is still unreliable you know, who, who's going to play that position next year if, if Mekai just proves to not be the guy we all hoped he would be. Um, but as far as this year, I, I still kind of lean towards safety. Um, I think interior defensive line is an issue, but unlike Meigs, I feel like it's something they will solve. I know that people are going to be cut after the draft. I know uh, after June 1st, people are going to be cut. And I think the easiest position to find at all the yeah. NFL is a run-stuffing interior defensive lineman. So I think they will definitely have on the roster people who could meet those needs come day one. Um, I hope so, because if not like Meeks, I think that's going to be uh, an issue going forward because like, like Mike said, last year we kind of got back to playing good against the run. Two years ago, not so much. Um, if it's like it was two years ago, that's, that's going to lose us games. So um, definitely a concern, just I'm not as concerned because I think that you can find those players even after the draft. Um, safety, Listen, you know, we're going to be going against uh, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, all these other guys. And, you know, you want to be as good as you can on the back end as you possibly can be. So I don't know, Tony Adams, you know, I think Chuck Lark is more of a in the box. Whitehead is more of an in the box. They're still kind of missing that guy who could play single high and who could kind of patrol that back end. So um, that's definitely a concern. And I don't know that they're actually going to find that guy. You know, I think they can find the interior defensive lineman. Can they find that safety? I think they had their opportunity and I think they missed it with Christopher Smith. Now, again, I said, listen, Christopher Smith, um, maybe I'm, I'm hyping up too much, but at least if you brought him in, you would have, it'd feel a little bit better about the situation. Nice. How about you? Yeah. I mean, I think Joe's point about like with offensive tackle and the reason missing out on Broderick is such a big deal is like Dwayne Brown has probably promised the starting left tackle job this year because like, when you're that old, like what, like what is like the reason to come back? It's to play with Aaron Rodgers, not to like watch Aaron Rodgers from the sideline as like a rookie tackles playing. And when you include a 2024 that we hope is going to be a first round pick, we hope Rodgers plays all those snaps. We hope that picks, you know, in the twenties, you know, that means your second round picks going to be in the fifties and it's going to be hard to find an offensive tackle 
there just to plug in for Dwayne Brown. Mekhi Becton won't be under contract next year because after this year, because I don't think anyone here believes they're picking up his fifth year option. Yeah, they're not. And if he has a great season, maybe he's getting franchise tag, which is like the whole like basically like the offensive tackle version of what happened with Daniel Jones and the Giants this year. So that's going to be an interesting, that could be a sticky situation as well. So that's why like offensive tackle is such an issue is because like you don't feel great about the short term and you don't also feel great about the long term because of the resources that you kind of have to solve that problem because you could be like next year in free agency, like restructuring contracts so you can sign the next year's version of Jawan Taylor to money that he probably doesn't deserve. And that's kind of just not a situation you really want to be in. But I do think Joe's right about safety in regards to not having a free safety. I do think a lot of teams that the Jets are going to face are going to look at how good the Jets are on the boundaries with their corners. And like, we're just going to target the middle of the field over and over again. I don't think the the Bills took Dalton Kincaid because the Jets are in their division, but a weapon like Dalton Kincaid is really going to ha- help them when Stephon Diggs is being locked up on the boundary by Sauce Gardner. Oh. So they got to get better in the middle of the field with that, and I don't really know how they do that this year, and I think that's going to be an Achilles heel that they're going to have to deal with this year. Yeah, I think I think you guys mentioned – I'm not as concerned about the offensive line – Again, as you mentioned this year, if you look like the Jets have all this cap space in 24 because, you know, a lot of their big contracts are all stuff the books. But like there's no left tackles that are even going to be free agents in uh, 2024. It's like it's literally Dwayne Brown, Tyron Smith. That's not going to happen. And then it's Andrew Thomas and Jendrick Wills. So and those guys probably aren't going anywhere. So like (laughs) they're not really you know, that's part of the problem is in free agency. Usually those good tackles don't get there. It's very rare they do. And the Orlando Brown situation, for example, and, and whether he even was that good or not, depends on how you view him. But he was only a free agent because of 800 different things had to, you know, transpire for that to happen. Um, I, I I just, the only thing with defensive tackle where I'm, I'm intrigued more than I'm concerned is there are some other options there. Did the Jets want that run stuffer? Like, I, I that to me, like, I don't even think they want, I think they're telling you they don't want, they don't value that. And, whether that's whether we agree or disagree, um, that's a different story. But I don't know. Look how they've built their roster last year. Like they just, it doesn't seem like that's a priority. Like they'd they'd much rather basically just like whatever we can do to get hit the quarterback, which worked pretty damn well last year. The only games that didn't really work well, um, the Cleveland game, and you know, is one game that stands out where they got gashed pretty bad. Um, I don't know. We're gonna have to see what they do there. You know, do they do they go the route of? I still think there's two or three free agent moves to come. I just don't think like why would Rogers have to play why, as much as it's, you know, it's nice in theory, like him playing on the minimum to me means like there has to be something else coming. Um, it doesn't mean it's going to be a big move, but maybe it's, you know, they go one of the defensive tackles, they add Randall Cobb <laughs> and, you know, maybe there's one or two other pieces. Um, you know, I think they added uh, the guy from the commanders, Wes Schreitzberg or however you pronounce his name as well in the interior there's a lot of flexibility that maybe they view ABT as a tackle. There's like a lot of different things with the offensive line where you could kind of make it work. Um, but I agree with you guys, defensive tackle and safety, the middle of the field for the jets is on, you know, on defense and tackle on offense are definitely the, the two spots where you look at and you go, if they're going to lose games, it's because of this. Um, I thought they could have added a wide receiver. Um, I don't know. I mean, if Corey Davis is a wide receiver four. That that's really good, obviously. But like, 
I'm really interested to see how they're going to approach this wide receiver room. You know, they, they got a kid out of Stephen F. Austin, who, um, as an, as EDFA, like he's going to, I have a, like, I don't know. I went and watched some stuff this morning. I have to pull up his name now because bl- I'm blanking on it, but, um, he's going to be a primary like slot guy, but I don't know. He looked pretty impressive. Like, you know, there's, there's some like, um, Xavier Gibson. So someone go watch some Xavier Gibson, uh, some stuff. He's like five, nine, 170 pounds, but, um, maybe he makes the team as a slot guy and, you know, the jets find a, a gem there. I don't know. I just, you bounce around the roster and you could talk yourself into this being a really, really good roster with an awesome quarterback, or you could take the negative approach of like, it's a good roster with a really good quarterback, but they're missing one or two pieces. I don't know. I just, I go back and forth. I just think they, you really hope you get McDonald to put on five to 10 pounds um, before. camp. Yeah. Well, I mean, ideally he's, you know, <laughs> 265 by, uh, by camp, camp 2024, but if he can play at least this year at 245, 250, I think, you know, he's got a really good chance. Him and Bryce Huff on, on third downs with JFM and Q inside. And maybe if you want to add Carl Lawson, they go five-man front. Like, that's really impressive. I was trying to find – I don't know if the Jets – like, he was listed as a linebacker. Um, I'm curious if they, they're going to view him as just, like, a kind of tweener, three, four outside linebacker, fifth edge guy. There's big years, and I'll finish with this. Is there anybody from the 22 class – that you look at a year later based on how they drafted what they've signed that you're concerned about. Um, I love Jeremy Ruckert. I thought I liked, liked him coming out. I like Jermaine Johnson. Those two guys to me have a lot to prove, um, you know, this year, I think they both guys didn't get on the field as much as I was expecting them to. They took, you know, they just used a premium asset on an edge rusher a year later and I know Carl Lawson's a ticking time bomb with injuries, but they added like a pure pass rush. I don't know. I'm just interested to see what's going to happen with Jermaine and Rucker. Those are two guys that I think they got to have big off seasons. They got to have big camps. They got to Bryce Huff's just a better edge rusher than Jermaine Johnson right now. Um, Will McDonald might be a better pass rusher than Jermaine Johnson right now. Um, so he's going to have to show, he's gonna have to show some growth. Do you guys kind of agree with, with those two guys? I think those are the two guys to me that, I'm like, all right, they got to show something because the Jets clearly still feel like they there's a need there. Jermaine Johnson is definitely going to see the field because he's good against the run. Yeah. He's good at setting the edge. He definitely needs to show us a little more from a pass rushing perspective. It's kind of weird. You know, when I watched him on film uh, prior to him getting drafted, he just seemed a lot more explosive. It's almost like he put on weight, maybe put on muscle, and he just he seemed to have lost a little bit of that athleticism from, from my perspective. Like, the guy looked like he was shot out of a cannon at times. And then for the Jets, didn't quite seem like that in a lot of plays. But again, I think it's kind of the way they used him as well. But definitely, he's got to step up and kind of, you know, hit the quarterback in the mouth and, and show us some sacks next year. I completely agree with that, for sure. Meeks, how about you? Um, I don't think there's a player on the roster who has more to gain and more to lose than Jermaine Johnson. Like Jermaine Johnson literally could have a great year and be the best like non Quinnen defensive lineman on this team. And Jermaine Johnson could really fall back on the rotation. And you're looking at that pick as a big whiff. Like, I think we'll have a very clear picture of Jermaine Johnson at the end of 2023. And I do believe in his talent. I do believe he was worth the 26 overall pick when he was drafted. I do think there were some signs really earlier in the year that was encouraging. And then it kind of, I think he tailed off in a way because they, I think I know he had like, I believe he had the ankle stuff and it's just, you know, adapt to the NFL is hard. But like when I saw him like crush the Steelers right tackle with a nice move and get that sack when they beat Buffalo and he 
race Josh Allen to the edge and he made that huge TFL set. Like he has like those splash plays that you want to see more consistency of. And I think he's going to get the runway to do it. And I think Jermaine, if like a huge sign for this roster going forward is if Jermaine Johnson is talked about in a similar way that John Franklin Myers has been talked about recently. If he can get to that level of player in year two, I think that's a huge win for the Jets. And if he doesn't, and he's a lot more more consistent like it was this year, I still think people are going to question the needs that they have at edge when Bryce Huff is out of contract and Carl Lawson is out of contract. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I think it's a position of strength, and again, that's why I'm re- I was really intrigued with the pick. I'm, I think we're going to know a lot about Will McDonald pretty early on, um, and I'll just finish with this. I, I think edge rushers usually, you can tell when they're going how much they're going to contribute year one, like the first week of camp, the first week they put on pads, like before they put on pads. If you're not beating your guy, I know it doesn't matter, but like that was the whole hype. If you're not be, if you're not able to get the quarterback consistently. And you go to any of these camp practices <laughs> and you're not popping off when they're, you know, then I'm like, oh boy, this is going to, maybe it's going to be a little bit more developmental. Um, I'll say this I know the Jets and Q, JFM, and Will McDonald will have the same trainer, um, Sheldon Rankins as well, amongst there's a ton of NFL guys, but they're all going to be working out in California with some of the Jets coaching staff in, in June. I'm very interested to see and hear kind of how that goes. And, you know, from from a guy like JFM, are they leaving? Q leaving? They're going. Oh, all right, we got another dude on the edge. Are they going? Yeah, he's going to be a nice player someday. Like, you know, I'd be interested to see how the reaction is from some of these guys. Um, last question, kind of quickly here. Was there one pick across the entire NFL? Did you have one favorite pick? Um, we'll leave with a positive note from any team, any player, any round. Was there one pick you were like, damn it, they nailed that. The entire Eagles draft. No, um, I think the Lions getting Brian Branch in the second round is a huge steal. One of my favorite players. I actually, even after the combine, he was still a top 10 player for me. Meeks, how about you? Uh, I think I had two I liked. Um, I love Cedric Tillman to the Browns. I think that's a perfect what they need for that receiving room now that they have like a nice variance between Dominus Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore, Amari Cooper. I love that for Cedric Tillman. I really hope that guy stays healthy because I do think he's a baller and will have a really good NFL career if he yep. can stay healthy. And also Jackson Smith and Jigba to Seattle is just perfect. It's like, oh, Jackson Smith and Jigba only plays in the slot. Well, when you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, you can just play in the slot. And that Seattle Seahawks offense is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I really wouldn't be surprised if Geno Smith is leading the best team in the NFC at some point this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm very high on Seattle. I think the Witherspoon pick, I, I know Jets fans get on Tariq Woolett. Like, that's a really cool duo. Um, it's it's very rem- – Yeah, Witherspoon and, and JSN are two impressive picks, the Charbonnet pick. Seahawks fans are mad. You should probably go watch them Charbonnet before you crush that pick. My favorite pick of the draft I mentioned to you guys off air, the Steve Avila pick at 36 for the Rams to me, proper value. They had a huge hole in the offensive line last year. It felt like – Everyone got priced out, got old, injured. I know they're going to probably stink, but when they have Caleb Williams in 2024, you know, having a legitimate, really good, you know, left, right guard, center, whatever you want to call them, is really important. Building the interior of that offensive line for the Rams. Whether you like the Bennett pick or not, I thought 
overall their drafts I, I liked a lot considering you know they have not had a lot of picks the last four five six years this was the first draft I can remember they at least had some somewhat valuable picks and um I thought they did a nice job so again we'll I'll be back on the po- uh, feed tomorrow um we'll have a special guest uh tomorrow and then a bunch of people over the next uh next two weeks or so like, there's like a lot of guests that have been kind of waiting in the wings so um make sure you guys are tuning in that tuned into badlands obviously and uh you know meigs and, and joe appreciate uh, this traditions here too we're gonna have to keep uh, keep this thing going